We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The NFL also loves to brag about how many people are watching. Oh, absolutely they do. They love that thing, right? They love that number. So would you thumb your nose at that? The Something, NFL, you mean? Yeah. yeah. If you're the you'd, NFL, you'd that, they, yeah. they, they love the fact that, what, 115 million people watch the game? Right. Well, he says, if you know, what if a fourth of them paid for it? Well, so you so think what? they want to go and say 30 million people watched? Yeah. That's essentially what you do. Yeah. 30 million people. That's American Idol on a Tuesday. I mean, that's, that's not a big deal. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's not something that, you yeah, know, they you, could, you they want, could, right? they could make some money. But then what does that do? You're right. The, the, the trickle down. No, there's a trickle down. Why, effect to why, everything. why would I, why would I invest all my time in this, this product to know at the end, I can't get your product. Can't get your product. Yeah. It's like major your, league your baseball. Your biggest game. I can't get your product. I hate that. It's a terrible idea. It's, it's, you know, it's very much like the championship game being moved to a neutral site though. I I think you and I being out in front of this has helped quash that or squash that or qual that or whatever it is. You and I were the first ones in this country to tell people they were talking about neutral game championship sites. And by us talking about that and throwing that out there, I think we got that. We, I think we got the kibosh put on that because you're seeing owners come out now and go, no, we're not doing that. And, And I think by having that conversation, stirred the pot a little bit to make these owners realize, all right, yes, the almighty dollar, we're trying to grab everyone in sight, but if you try to grab from pot A, maybe you're leaving a bunch in pot B that you're not thinking about that's going to go away because people aren't going to like what you're doing over here in pot A. And so they may say, yeah, you're going to take these neutral game championship sites. I'm out. I'm not buying season tickets anymore because it doesn't give me the opportunity to have those home playoff games. There's no incentive for me to buy that. Oh, you want to put the Super Bowl on pay-per-view? Well, you know what? I'm a casual NFL fan. I'm out. I'm not going to watch your league. The TV numbers across the board, regular season, it would all decline because everybody knows at the end of the day, the, the carrot, the cherry that you want there at the end is not going to be there. And if that's not going to be there, why bother to run the race? I feel, I feel like he is a coach who's no longer a coach. And you're like, yeah, I understand why. You're yeah, not I coach. understand why you're no longer yeah. a coach. Yeah, because yeah. you, weren't, you weren't going to be thinking for the best of, of the sport. In this, in this case, if, right. you're, if you're this former ESPN guy, um, you're just thinking about the, the, the bottom line. He also comes from a place that thought about the bottom line. They weren't on, they weren't on network television. Right. Um, they were battling for rights fees and stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I just, the, the bad, 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 bad. Yeah. You just, you just don't want to do and the, something. The, and, like the, that. and the thinking of, well, we're giving this to these people for free and they don't tune in all the time. Well, they might, yeah, they might tune in more if they are exposed to your product as well. And, and that, like, and that's the, the argument about like years ago. And I talk, I'm talking decades ago when, when baseball was going through the, should we televise one sixty two? And, and people were like, no, it's going to hurt the gate. Actually, no, a three-hour commercial every night is something that is good for you as a product. Like, are, are the – and you may know this better than me. Are the Blackhawks showing their home games yet on television in Chicago? I, I don't know. There was, there was a time they were not. Yeah, and, but that, that's been a while, I think. That, I don't know. they worked it out? I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know the answer to that question. If it is, it's in with the last five or ten years, Josh. It's And that's not a long time in TV stand. Are the Dodgers right? still having issues? Well, they're on. Too? They're on. You just can't get them, right? Yeah. <laughs> this cable provider doesn't have them out there or whatever it is. But, you know, they're still – they're on TV. They're televising the games. The Blackhawks just didn't televise their home games. And for a while, a lot of baseball teams didn't televise 162. They would only televise certain games games or whatever and the the argument was made by a lot of people well if we put the games on tv nobody's going to come no if people are watching it every night on tv and they see a fun product and a great atmosphere they're going to want to go out to the ballpark and so when you take games off of tv just ask major league baseball right now with what's going on with this bally's disaster this absolute utter disaster that is bally sports you look at that right now how many people did we hear from yesterday when we were talking about this topic with bally's going bankrupt that have said, once Bally's took over, I stopped watching and haven't thought about baseball. You take the product away from the fans. You take away an easy way to consume your product away from the fans. They're just going to go away. And, and I say this for, from my standpoint. Once Kansas Athletics went to that horrible cable deal and had you had to have a certain cable provider to watch their games, 
That's when I stopped watching it. And I haven't gone back. And that's like 10 years ago now. It matters. It matters. And the NFL's always done it right. Mm-hmm. They have they have stayed steadfast in providing you over-the-air television. Right. Get an antenna, and you can watch the Chiefs right. in Kansas City. As except, the guy said, a $29 piece of equipment. Yeah. You buy one of those antennas, except and you're for the done. final one where you got to pay $250? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, not a chance. Not a chance. Very bad. So you'd have a, a ton of people at your house, and... All the all the all the people that wanted to watch the game by themselves. <laughs> yeah, especially like if you're a superstitious fan, like in Kansas City, a lot of people are. Like Ralph, I don't want anybody over. I'm going to watch this by myself. He's going to shell out two hundred fifty dollars to watch the game. All of a sudden, now you got to have people over. The fact is, an, I, enough people would shell out money to watch the game to make them happy and make a bunch of money. But but is you, it good you, for the product? No, though? what's it going? What's it going to do to the rest of the season and the rest of your product? And and September through January, people will lose interest if you do something like that. Oof, 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 oof. Uh, Ned Yost coming up at eight thirty. Former Royal skipper, now newest inductee into the Royals Hall of Fame, is going to join us coming up. In uh, in twenty five minutes, assuming the chores are done, that's right. Yeah, no, yeah. he he's actually on vacation. <laughs> he's he's driving. You know, he's good. He's headed back to Georgia today. They've been on a little bit of a vacation, nice. so nice. We'll find out where he was. That's that's good. Love love catching up with the. Uh, with I Ned know Yost. where he was. I don't know why he was there. We'll find out. Okay, I'm not going to say good. why. I don't know if he wants me to say that. Okay. I don't know. Right. But I talked with Ned a little bit yesterday. I think he's pretty excited. He's going into the Royals Hall. Of he, Fame. Should he should be. He should be excited. Be. It's a great. Honor. He should be. Yeah. Uh, we're now to the to the off season. What's on your to-do list? And not for like around the house because football season's yeah, over. Yeah, your wives, uh, are your, those your, your 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 Chiefs uh, to-do list. They got yeah. they actually do have a lot of work to do. It's crazy. I, I started year. thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, there is a lot of work to yeah. do. I was talking to my buddy Joe yesterday, and, and I and we were talking about this. The first time we talked since the Super Bowl, and and he said to me, he goes, uh, "Did you enjoy the game?" I said, "Yeah, it was great." I said, Did you enjoy the game? He goes, "Yeah," but as soon as it was over, I was onto the draft and I was putting together my draft board. Now Joe is actually decent at the draft. If Matt Nagy ever, or not Matt Nagy, if uh, Brett Veach ever retired, they should hire Joe Lavar to be the the new GM because he's really good at the draft. Is he, he as good at that as like Survivor? Uh no, he's better at the draft actually. Okay, good. Yeah, because Survivor would, he sucks. Yeah. yeah. Where's that bagel at, by the way? Uh yeah, the, the the steak, egg, and cheese bagel, Joe. Let's go get on that. So so he so he was saying, I was uh, you're thinking draft. As soon as the game was over, I'm like, you're you're a little wackier than Binkley in that standpoint, right? I mean, like, I don't even know that Binkley was onto the draft till Monday. I know, right? No, I ran into a guy I know yesterday too. Said the same thing. Like, I'm on to what's what's ahead. Right? Give me what's ahead. I'm like, you're not like sitting in. The, nah, it's over. It's what, over. What, what, what's, what's next? next? Right? We, we're getting Look around. We're, what's next? Give me what's next. I'm like, okay. All right, we're getting a little bit greedy. And, and Joe said to me, he goes, you know, these Super Bowls are starting to become like McDonald's. And I said, well, what, what do you mean by McDonald's? And he goes, remember when you were a kid and you went to McDonald's and it was special and it was a treat? He goes, that was like, you know, that was like the first Super Bowl. It was special. It was a treat. Now that we've got Mahomes and we've got this thing rolling in the next direction, he goes, now that I'm an adult, I can go to McDonald's. McDonald's every day. He goes, that's kind of the way I feel with the Chiefs. Now that we got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, I feel like we're going to win the Super Bowl every day. Yeah. So I got to be on to the next. Yeah, yeah. You know, all right, we do- celebrate. We had two of these. What? Let's get the third. What are we going to do to get the next one? Right. And so we were kind of kind of talking about that. So he's on to the draft, and I started to think about it. I'm like, we're not that. We're 69 days, nice, away from the first day of the draft here in Kansas City. I thought about like the checklist, not necessarily just for the uh, d- to the draft, but, but the, the but off season, the off yeah. season, yeah. right? You got to address the tackle situation, right? Both left and right. Whatever you're going to do, you need to address. It. You need to go hello tackles and decide what you're going to do. So you address the tackle situation. What are you going to do at at, at tackle? Yeah. Orlando Brown. I think that's the biggest question mark. Orlando this Brown is he your guy you're actually going to move forward with, right? Or are you going to try one more? Or are you going to try to move him? Are you going to draft the next, the next at that spot and go right. with a rookie? Are you going to make him? And then the other option could still be out there too. You make a move for another left tackle. You could. You right. could very well trade for another somebody else's left tackle, I mm-hmm. guess, if you wanted to. But it's not just um, a left tackle; it's the right side then, too. Austin Wiley. Wiley. Andrew Wiley is a free agent too. Yeah, right. Right. So, and do you want to do you want to bring him back or upgrade? Try to upgrade that spot. Where are you at with the tackles? They're good with the interior and the line. Yeah, the interior is great. What are you going to do with the uh, with the tackle positions? I think is a is a huge question. I think that's number one. I think edge rusher is probably number two for me because you know Frank Clark is free to leave after this season, whether they bring him back or not. I don't know. Carlothis had a nice year, but who else is going to be your edge rusher? Right, you you got to find somebody else on that other side. I'm guessing Carlos Dunlap probably either 
mercenary somewhere else or retires. He said his he accomplishes three goals. Mm-hmm. Get a get a hundred sacks, get a playoff win, win a Super Bowl. Done. Seems like seems like he's checked off his his list. Nice, nice uh acquisition. Right. Um Mike Dana fills a nice Role on the uh, the edge as well sure. as a rotational type He's guy. He's really undersold, yeah. man. I like him. He'll yeah. play where, wherever along that line. You always have to have those types. But are you going to to make a move or two? Right. Maybe you not. Maybe you draft another another edge as well. Right. Maybe that's where know. you go in that situation. Wide receiver upgrades, but not break break the bank upgrades for the wide receiver position. Maybe it's somebody you you draft. Maybe it's somebody you can find like a Juju Smith-Schuster or, you know, an MVS, a, a guy that's got some, you know, history and some experience in the league, but isn't going to cost you an arm and a leg. And, I mean, and then, or maybe not. Well, maybe not, but you, you're going to have that bodies. Oh yeah, you're gonna have to have bodies for sure, but maybe it's as simple as uh, you know, Kadarius Tony, take on more. Yeah. Sky more, take on more. The problem with and Kadarius we'll, Tony is he gets hurt and all then we'll, the time. And then we'll backfill behind you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a question mark for sure, but then maybe we'll just backfill behind you. Maybe Justin Watson's back in a in a you know, similar mm-hmm. similar vein. Watson, yes. You know, they're they're always kind of churning that that wide receiver group. So um I don't know if it's a go get a free agent. Mm-hmm. Or if it's just add another with the draft and ask the guys that are here, hey, bigger roles, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Bigger roles, bigger roles, bigger roles for some of those guys. But you're going to probably have to go find some extra wide receivers. And then my, my fourth kind of like like checklist for the offseason is just continue to hit these home runs in the draft. And I know that's easier said than done, but Brett Veach has made this freaking thing look simple. They got a bunch of picks. I mean, you have an, a huge opportunity to get better in the draft as well. Yeah. So they're going to have double-digit amount of picks. Do you package them to move or do you uh, use as many as possible and, uh-huh. and try to go and find some find some steals later in the uh, the draft and continue to do what you've done, which is just insert them in, in key spots. Right. It's, it's really simple. Again, get the get the Hall of Fame quarterback at the Hall of Fame uh quarterback and draft well right I mean, let's go and the hall of fame head coach and <laughs> the hall of fame general manager and, and and all that anything else on on your list that they may need to look at please don't tell me running back no no which by the way i saw clyde edwards Alaire wasn't at the parade he tweeted something about that the other day hmm. they just don't have to go why wouldn't you probably felt like he wasn't part of it i, I guess that's probably what it is you know? yeah he was not active for the finale right he was but still yeah, that one's weird. That one's weird because he's going to be back, I think. What year is he drafted? Well, they're not picking up the fifth-year option, yeah. but he's, he's so got he's fourth got 20, year. 20, he's got one more 22. year. Yeah, he's got one more year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that fifth option's not getting picked up, yeah. but maybe he's somebody you have to trade this. I don't know. I don't know, but like, there was a, a social media post. He goes, after skipping the parade, I'm at the facility or something like that. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Oh, interesting. But you look at it this way, you have Pacheco. Yeah, you do. And what else? McKinnon, maybe. He's but he, yeah, he's a free agent. Yeah, you're right. You have Pacheco and what else? That's it. Yeah. He's the only guy that's that's in, in CH right. technically under contract. So right. you have those two, and that's it. So mm-hmm. and there's probably not much trade value for CEH. No. You, no. You, maybe a fifth round pick. But can you, you get, get one back, more right? year out can of you him? Get more, maybe. More, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Have you gotten a year out of him yet, though? True. And and the other thing I'll say about Pacheco is as much as I love him, he runs hard. <laughs> That's not that doesn't spell long lasting in the NFL, you know? No, Pacheco's style to me is dangerous. Very it's dangerous. It's fun to watch and it's what it, it's great. You love to have that. It doesn't scream long term no, to me. No, not at all. So <laughs> I'm he's not saying run. he's not not saying he's not tough and blah, Oh, he blah. is tough. It's yeah. just that style is punishing and it going wear on you fast. Big time. So no, I think it's offensive defensive line. You can never have too many defensive backs. I think they probably going to have to find another safety. I think Juan Thornhill's probably going to get have somebody else pay him mm-hmm. kind of one of those one of those deals. Uh, so it's defensive line, offensive line, and you can never have too many uh, DBs. Right. Those are your that's your that's your hit list. And then yeah, just continue to be great in the draft. Get your next tackle in the draft. Uh, get your next defensive end in the draft. Get probably a wide receiver in the draft. Get another corner in the draft, you know. Right, right. It's like right, the same, yeah. almost like the same hit list. Right. Which I, it feels, and, 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 and that's the thing. I'm going through this. I'm like, I feel like we did this before. Yeah, <laughs> you same know? thing. It's the same thing. Same but thing. I, I think I, I would love for this year in the draft to get that long-term left tackle. Like I think that's that's my biggest like goal, wish, hope, if you will, 
for this draft. You draft your Anthony Munoz, Orlando Pace, Willie Rofe in the first round this year. And for the next 10 years, you don't have to worry about it. And I know they say it doesn't have to happen in the first round. You can do that later. Well, okay. They've had a couple of guys that have tried later and hasn't panned out from that spot. Yeah, yeah. you haven't quite filled that from. No, if there's a first round left tackle there, man, I think that's your biggest need. Go out and get that guy and have your left tackle be a superstar that you drafted in the first round. That's on a rookie contract. That's, that's the, that's the pipe dream. Perfect scenario. Ned Yost is going to join us in uh, 15 minutes. Meanwhile, I found my six and 11 coach next. Fesco in the morning brought to you by Rainer Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster is patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RainerKC.com. Don't miss the Chiefs Red Half Hour every weekday starting at 1130 on Cody and Gold on your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All the national guys are on it, Bob. They're really on it right now. What are you talking about, Josh? Ian Rappaport with the expected OC opening in Kansas City. Matt Nagy quickly emerges as the no top choice. No way. Are you kidding? To fill Eric Bieniemy's no, shoes. No way. After the Chiefs complete their process. Oh, you think? He's currently the senior <laughs> assistant and quarterback. Oh, no, coach. really? Wow. Mike Garofalo follows up. Matt Nagy had interest from other teams in recent weeks, but knew he was likely in line for the going Chiefs nowhere. offensive coordinator gig and, and Eric Bieniemy left. What? Was this in the news? Oh, it's good. It's, it's rich. No one saw that. No I mean, I, mean that. I hate to tell you, we told you so, no but we told that. you. Hey, a uh, little programming note. Ned is going to join us at 845, not 830. Mm. He just texted. Okay. I don't know if we can back it up a couple of minutes, but yep. we may have somebody special coming on here in the next couple of moments here on 610 Sports Radio. B-Dub is dialing the phone right now, so we'll let you know huh. uh, in the next m- couple of moments or so. Maybe we do have a special guest that everybody's going to want to hear from. That would be interesting. Yes. Uh, my next 6-11 and 11 coach, by the way, is Jonathan Gannon, the head coach of the uh, Arizona Cardinals. No, I like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm in on that. Um, yeah. He had his introductory press conference yesterday. Mm-hmm. Not good. Not not great. And he thinks he's got a franchise quarterback yeah. in Arizona. Everything that we do will be structured around the quarterback position to maximize his skill set. And we have an elite one. Uh, we're going to maximize Kyler's skill set. We're going to be adaptable. We're going to generate explosives. Mm. We're going to protect the football and be situationally smart. If I have too much of my wife's chili, I generate explosives. Now, so now tell you. if I say 6 and 11, right. that used to be our, our old joke. Yeah, right? it was 6 and 10, but they added six that and game. 6 and 10, they had a game, yeah. so I made it 6 and 11. I mean, right. they were only 4 and 13 last year. That's so an improvement. It would be an improvement yeah. if it gets them to 6 six and 11. Who's going to be their quarterback out there? Well, you they're know, building the entire thing around Kyler Murray. But, but okay, let, let, let's just let's just use that as an he example for a second. He didn't just, even say the quarterback. He referenced Kyler Murray, and he says Kyler Murray is a franchise okay. quarterback. All right, fine. Fine. Let's say he really believes that. That's what he's that's what he's going with. Right. Let's and he, also the Jonathan man's Gannon hurt, though. Jonathan Gannon defensive guy as well. So he's got to hire an offensive coordinator yeah. to then get the most out of like it's not even gonna be on him. You know what, I mean? What's gonna get him fired, coordinator but, wants that job? I don't know. I don't know. Sounds like a bad you know, game. There, there are always coaches out there that will take jobs. It happens, right? Guys will take yeah, jobs take all on the challenges. time. That's fine. Right. They don't have to be all have to be perfect. But the only way I would take that job is if I am an established coordinator that needs a job. Like if if I'm a wide receivers coach and this is my first opportunity to be an offensive coordinator, I don't want my reputation tied to Kyler Murray. Just like no. if, I, if I'm going to be the offensive coordinator out there in, in Denver, I don't want to be tied to Russell Wilson. I don't want to be tied to Aaron Rodgers at this point in time or Zach Wilson. So there are a lot of guys out there that would take the job. But if you take that job in Arizona, are you cutting your nose off to spite your face? Like, will you get another opportunity? Because if you go and take that Arizona job and they're 6-11 and, and the offense doesn't do anything, you're going to be looked at as, as, as the town dope. 
Yeah, but if you take that job and you go nine and eight, you're probably a head coaching candidate. There's there is that, but I'm, I'm <laughs> I mean, speaking unless, in reality. Unless you're here. with the number one offense in the NFL, and right? You have to go somewhere else to do it. But, and, and, um, yeah, no, you get you a head coaching job too. Don't right. forget that. Don't forget that Don't as forget well. That. All right, so we reached out earlier to you guys uh, on the text line on on social media because we saw this story going around yesterday. Mm-hmm about how Patrick Mahomes handed off the trophy. Right. And it looked it looked just based on the on the video, like, oh, my God, he, he handed off the trophy and then walked away. Yeah, just gave the guy the Super Bowl trophy. Took right? a picture with the guy, mm-hmm. handed him the trophy, right. and then spun away like, like he was handing him back his telephone. Right. And it's like, okay, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Off to drink more and put the goggles on. That's right. So we found Vinny Garofalo, the guy who was handed the Lombardi trophy by Patrick Mahomes. What up, Vinny? What's going on, fellas? How are you? All right. Give us a little backstory. Who the hell are you? <laughs> so I, um, I'm i actually from Buffalo. Oh. I own a Chiefs backers bar here in Buffalo, New York. Nice. What's the name of it? Uh, it's called Casey's Black Rock. Okay. Um, I, I came to the first parade with the same trophy. It's a replica, by the way. Okay. He never handed me the real one. So it's oh, your, so you your trophy. Okay. You handed him the that trophy. Makes more this, sense. this is my trophy. Yep. Okay. okay. So I came to the first parade. I was like, I got to go back if they win it. When they win it, I knew they were going to win it. I booked flights a week before the Super Bowl. So I show up with my carry on. But TSA's <laughs> looking at me like I'm absolutely crazy. Sure, yeah. It's kind of a big, and, big um, thing to get well, through Well, especially security. in Buffalo. They haven't seen one of those ever, yeah. so they probably thought <laughs> it was a they, foreign object. they probably object. never will, given their cap situation coming oh, up. Oh, I think Buffalo's done, my friend. I, I said it on Monday. I, I think the, sh- the window is closed. The ship has sailed. That that thing is dunsky up there. They did Josh real dirty with that offensive line and that whole cap yep. situation. So anyway, continue on. So you go through TSA. They're looking at it. They don't know what it is because they're from Buffalo. <laughs> Naturally, uh, I get on my flight. I land uh, Tuesday night, get a relatively decent night's sleep, hit the hit the parade route on Grand at about 6 a.m., get a good spot at the railing, get the trophy out and ready, and then all hell broke loose. Yeah, it did. I mean, so so Patrick comes over, and he sees that trophy. He takes a picture with you. Like, what are you thinking at that moment in time? Here comes the greatest quarterback that has ever lived, and he's approaching me with the Super Bowl trophy. What's going through your mind? I am losing my mind. All I'm, all I'm thinking is get this trophy into his hands somehow, some way. Now, mind you, before he walked up, Mayor Lucas grabbed it. Uh, Justin Reed had grabbed it. Trey Smith had grabbed it. Uh, Juan Thornhill had grabbed it. So I'm, I'm I'm getting pretty hopeful when I see him walking sure. on my side of the barricade. Okay. Yeah. And so did you go, hey, Patrick, Patrick, I'm, Patrick, how did I'm you do it? I'm screaming like a teenage girl at a Backstreet Boys concert. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, Patrick. I, I, mind you, I just got my voice back. Right. Um, so he takes the trophy and kind of, you know, raises it up, walks around, gives me a smile. Then he comes back, asks for the trophy again, walks away, gives it to Kadarius Tony. They're messing around with it. He comes back. I ask him, you know, for a picture. He graciously waited for me to fumble around on my phone to get the front-facing camera, took the picture, handed me the trophy, which is what everyone saw, right? and went about his merry way. Right. So we all thought hence everybody thought, yeah, hence, hence the, the confusion. confusion. Everybody like, thought he just gave you the trophy. Yeah, right. Right. They could <laughs> spun away like he was just handing it off. Yeah. Yeah, so so uh, my phone hasn't stopped for uh, for the past couple of days. I'll that, tell you that 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 is fantastic. So tell us about the, the about the bar. How do you become a, a a Chiefs bar in Buffalo, New York? So I had worked at this bar previously. It uh, it came up for sale. Um, I acquired it in uh, the middle of 2018. I rehabbed it because it was a total dive. Did you bring in John we, Taffer? Yeah, I I probably could have used them financially. That's for sure. <laughs> So, yeah, I rehabbed the bar. We, uh, we finally reopened December of 2019. The day we opened, they throttled the Raiders and clinched the West. Mm-hmm. They never lose that year leading up to the Super Bowl. We win against uh, San Francisco. I, I had the trophy ready. I bought the trophy probably the third week of December off eBay. And I told one of my bar backs, I'm like, listen, I'm going to show you something. He's like, why? Mind you, he's a Bills fan. Why would you do this? I'm like, they're going to win this year. Just have it ready. When I ask for it on Super Bowl Sunday, I want you to hand it to me so I can hold it above my head at the bar. Perfect storyline. They beat the Niners, come back in the fourth. I hold the trophy, go to the parade with it. Fast forward, 
we do the same thing this past Sunday for Super Bowl. Um, and I looked at my wife. I'm like, I have another parade to go to. She goes, you're bringing the trophy, aren't you? I'm like, absolutely. Got to bring the trophy, man. Were you doing Gotta like, were, were, were you drinking beers off it, pouring the beer down? Like as a, as a, as, oh, as... that thing has seen so many luges. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid the finish is going to wear off. Too. We had an ice luge at our wedding, which I thought was That's fantastic. Awesome. Making cocktails down the ice luge. They're a lot of fun, but I can't imagine drinking off the, the Super Bowl trophy. That's got it. Did Patrick do one for you? No, I, I would have. So, so that was the mindset going into it. I was like, if, if I can get one player and we were kind of thinking like, who, who would do it? We were hoping it was Creed. Because Creed seems like a luge guy. Yeah. And we're like, you know, Kelsey's probably done his share of luges. Plus, his mom was with him. So, I'm like, I don't know if it's going to be Kelsey. I didn't even ask for the luge. I was so in awe of seeing the greatest quarterback that's ever lived that I was just happy that he had it in his hands, honestly. And which is funny is because there's, there's a sticker for my bar. We have stickers that are arrowheads that was actually on the trophy. So, if you look closely – you could see the total difference between the two trophies. I mean, it's a great replica. It, it looks fantastic. But I slapped that sticker on just in case. Free advertising, obviously. Right. And, uh, yeah, man, we got some really good pictures and videos of that for sure. It's awesome. Vinny Garofalo, he is the guy with the trophy that Patrick Mahomes gave to him uh, at the parade. It looked like Patrick Mahomes gave him the Super Bowl trophy, his trophy. He owns a bar in Buffalo, New York. What's it like owning a Chiefs bar in Buffalo right now? Because I would imagine people in Buffalo probably don't like you because of the way the Chiefs just dominate the Bills when it matters most. <laughs> it, it, goes, it goes one of two ways. Either we have a good, so we have a good following. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, the first year we opened, we had like four or five Chiefs fans that would come in. Fast forward three plus years, we have about 30, 40 regular guys, a lot of them transplants from your area that come in for the game. Mm-hmm. But the casual observer will walk in and see all the Chief stuff on the wall, and they just looked at it like, why am I here? And usually we win them over with the food and the drinks and the service and look to have a good time. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's very interesting, I'll tell you that, especially when the two teams play each other. Oh, yeah. The 13-second game was uh, – was quite the experience in the bar. We needed some added security. Actually, the Buffalo Police Department was posted up outside. I, I kid you not, the entire game because we were getting threats the whole week leading up to it. That's pathetic, though. I mean, and I, I look, I understand, and I'm sure you talked great. to Win something. Win something. Right. Great. Exactly. Like, it, 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 it is. But, I mean, the guys at Big Charlie's didn't open for the Super Bowl down in Philly which, because, you know. Which the, is awful because I, I know those guys. I've been, I've been to Big Charlie's. They were kind of an inspiration of why I – you know, decided to take the chance of opening a backers bar here in Boston. There's never been another backer bar in the history of this city. Oh, they won't the allow Those mafias, a, a bunch of lunatics. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's crazy. And, so, so how did you become a Chiefs fan? Just because you were, like, tired of the Buffalo stuff, and so you just adopted? No, so um, my dad was a big Montana guy in the 80s, mm-hmm. and I was kind of a late bloomer to uh, watching football. I think I was six. And, um, you know, he's like, how come you don't watch football? I was like, you know what? Who does Joe Montana play for? He's like, he just got traded to the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm like, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll roll with the Chiefs. The 93-94 season was my first as a fan. The year that they actually uh, they lost to Buffalo in the conference title game. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was like seven years old. Yeah, I was yeah. crushed. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've been loyal. I've been loyal ever since. I bleed red and gold, baby. Uh, it's it's awesome to hear these kind of stories too, and I'm sure you've now passed it down. If you've got kids and you, and your wife, and everybody's you know bleeding for the Chiefs up there in in Buffalo, New York, it, it kind of makes it sweeter to kind of have that bar and know that it's your team that's kept this team away from trying to accomplish some good things too. Uh, it uh, it's definitely put some wedges and some friendships. I'll tell you that. Wow, really? <laughs> then they're not true friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know how Buffalo is. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's, it's very blue collar. I city get of it. Good, city of good neighbors, city of bad losers. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the what's the uh, what's the fare on the menu yeah, for you guys? What's the go to? What's the go to on the menu? Classic pub fare: buffalo wings, cheeseburgers. We have everything. We have a banging, really, really good menu. Um, we sell a, you know a lot of food. Everything, everything that you can think of at a, at your quintessential corner sports bar, we have it, and we do it really well. That's awesome. Vinny Garofalo with us here on Six Ten Sports Radio. He is the Lombardi Trophy guy who infamously, as he said in his DM to me, handed the trophy to to Patrick Mahomes, and then Patrick gave it back to him and took the picture that everybody saw circulating on the internet. I mean, it's a great it's a great moment for you and for folks that are here that may be headed to Buffalo at some point in time. Give a shout out for your bar again. Tell people what it's all about. 
Casey's BlackRock, the first and only Western New York Chiefs backers bar. I actually want to extend an invitation to Big Red and the boys. Whenever you come to Buffalo next, I will happily close down the bar and feed you well. If you would so happen to grace us with your presence. That's awesome. That sounds fantastic. I was tell you, I'll, I'll, hopefully I'll be there in, in two seasons. I don't, not, it's not next season. No, two, two seasons away. Yeah, I think but... the schedule flips not after, yeah, after next season. I think they come here for right. a couple. Yeah. I would love to have a visit from any one of you guys, any one of the players, whoever. Uh, it, would be, uh, it would be awesome. If Did... I'm not mistaken, though. The Bills have to finish in first. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, true. Right. Yeah, right. Because yeah. if the Chiefs are in first and the Bills are not, they won't, in that won't be going situation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm going to tell you what, man. The, uh, the window's closed in Buffalo. If the Jets find a halfway decent quarterback, they may own that division for the next decade because that that Jet defense is an offense. It's, quite legit. Honest, it's legit. They're just a quarterback away. That team can flat out play. I think Bryce Hall did a good job running the ball for them, too. I mean, like, there's a, there's a lot of good things to see there. If they can somehow snag 12 out of Green Bay, I think they'll have at least a couple years of uh, of success in that division. If not, maybe even like Miami. You know, Miami's one. I, I don't think two is the guy, but you know, if they can get someone you know capable in there, I think they could even you know push Buffalo. Yeah, but Buffalo is in a is in a very tricky situation. I think they had their chance last year, and uh, you know, Patrick and uh, and the boys infamously took that from them in 13 seconds. Yeah. So uh, before we let you go, you've been to a game at Arrowhead, right? Oh, of course. Okay, of course. Absolutely. Because sometimes people have like my mother has sent me a text in the last month, and and she lives in Jersey, and so she's she's like, you know, I really want to go to a Chiefs game. I'm like, all right, we well, guess we got to make that happen. And so there are a lot of people out there that are fans that have never had the opportunity to get inside the stadium, and the fact that you have done that that that's pretty cool, my friend. Well, I appreciate you uh, you reaching out and uh, us finding the story, having yeah. a great yeah. time with it, and and you're very entertaining. And I, if I'm in Buffalo sometime, which I would love to go to a game up there sometime soon, I'm definitely coming in. And I'm throwing down on some wings. We would love to have you guys. Thanks again, man. Appreciate it. Take care. You Thanks, got it, Vinny. Vinny. Take care. That's Vinny Garofalo, the guy who was handed the Lombardi trophy by Patrick Mahomes. But as we trophy. know, it's his trophy. Yeah. It's a replica. Yeah. And that's how the story goes. Okay, cool. Casey's <laughs> Black Rock is the name love of the, uh, the sports bar. Yeah, on the I, website? I am. Yeah, I am. Cool. Wings. Burgers. If looks, you're a looks, bar I'm in hungry. Buffalo, do you have to do wings? You have to. I, think. I think any bar anywhere has to do I like wings. It. He call, it just says wings, though. He does not acknowledge her buffalo. Oh, and that's good. I do like that. Wings. So that's 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 good. When was the last time you walked into like a casual place that didn't have wings on the menu? Now, sometimes if you go to like a white tablecloth place or you know maybe right. an Italian place or something, they don't have wings on the menu. But everybody's got to have I'm wings. Trying to make sure I only go to places. That's right. I love it, man. That's that is fantastic. That guy was great. Yeah. I. I would love to f- find out how you get that trophy through security. Well, uh, you, you have to explain yourself. Well, it's a replica trophy. Yeah, especially and people why, in Buffalo have never why seen Why are you it. carrying this? Well, I'm taking it to a parade. Yeah. Like, what do you think I'm doing? Well, there's this no, nothing about not taking the Super Bowl trophy on the uh, on the plane. I never uh, heard like anything like that. Let's like get a horse on a plane. Yeah. How do you get a trophy? Exactly. Plane, how do you know? get a horse in Crown Center shops? I don't know. Go to a parade and see. I would guess. Uh, we are going to be joined by former Royals manager, and now newest member of the uh, Royals Hall of Fame, one Ned Yost is going to drop by next. Fesco in the morning, brought to you by Rayner Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RaynerKC.com. 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back in on a Friday along with Bob Fesco. I'm Josh Klingler, B-Dub, Brian Williams producing and our musical director. We are pleased to be joined by the newest member of the Royals Hall of Fame. The one, the only former skipper of the Royals, Ned Yost. Good morning, Ned. Morning, guys. How are you? We are outstanding. Congratulations. Appreciate it. What was it like for you to get that call? What were you thinking when you see, hey, the Royals are calling? Were you pretty excited about that? Well, it was Sam Mellinger. And, uh, you know, I, I talked to Sam from time to time. Um, and so I, di- I didn't really think anything about it. And, uh, you know, he said that uh, he had Kurt Nelson on the line with him. And <clears throat> that's when, uh, you know, I thought to myself, 
okay, what's Kurt on the line for? And then, you know, Kurt broke the news. So I was out in the middle of the woods in the skid steer. We were digging up a bunch of privet hedge along a creek. So uh, I was uh, a little preoccupied, but I was a little shocked and I was a little surprised. And uh, it took a little while for it to sink in. Yeah, it's it's a really cool honor, Ned, to, to be able to go into the Hall of Fame. And, and, and as I told you yesterday, I don't think you guys still get enough credit for what you were able to accomplish in this landscape of baseball, where they basically say, if you're not New York, LA or Boston, you don't have a chance to win. And you guys not only overcame other teams, you overcame baseball to win that championship. Well, we did Bob. And that's part of my issue with this, where I I get a little uncomfortable because I get inducted into the hall of fame, but there were hundreds of people that made this happen. This was our player development system. This was Lonnie Goldberg and his scouts out scouring the country looking for the best talent that they could possibly find. Then we would get that talent. Player development would develop it, develop it to the big league level. Our baseball operations people, our business people in the front office, our, our major league coaches all had huge impacts in our success. And I'm the one that kind of reaps the benefit of it. Uh, of course, you know, not even mentioning Dayton Moore and Mr. Glass, what they did to put put it all together and build it from the first building block all the way to, you know, a, a nice uh, podium to put that World Series championship trophy on. So there were so many people involved in this uh, in this wonderful time. And for me to, to get reap the benefit and be in the Hall of Fame feels a little strange to me, but uh, I know it's a great honor, and, uh, you know, I really, really, really appreciate it. You're representing all of them. Think of it that way. You're, you, everybody's going yeah. in with you in that regard. As you've, as you've now been a few years removed, do you, I guess, realize that it kind of defied, as Bob mentioned, kind of defied baseball and, and how hard – it was to get to that mountaintop? Yeah, you know, it really, when I sit back and look at it, it wasn't really, it wasn't really that hard. The hard part was trying to convince Kansas City what we were attempting to do. The hard part was trying to get them to understand that, um, you know, we need talent to win. We have talent in the farm system, and we have to be patient and allow them time to grow and develop as major league players. Then we have to give them time to become championship caliber players. And that was actually the hard part, trying to convince people, hey, we're on the right track. We're going places. Nobody wanted to believe it. They had heard it before. So I understand it. You know, I understood. Look, we've heard this before. We've got these great players. We end up trading them away when they make some money. I don't believe that this is what is going to happen. And, you know, for me, I knew that from the minute those kids got there, we were on the clock. We had six years to make something happen. So we had to, you know, we had to, we had to work hard. We had to continue to develop these players at the major league level, continue to teach them. Uh, how to play the game and how to play the game to win at the major league level and give them the opportunity to fail uh, more than anything else, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because that's important. You you have to gain that experience so that when you get to a point uh, when you can compete, the pressure is immense and you have to be able to know how to handle it. And all these experiences that you have before this all prepare you for this time. So, you know, that was my goal was to get these kids into a position where they could compete for a championship and then let them run. And that's exactly what happened. We worked hard. We got them there. And once they finally once they finally started to turn the corner in 2013 after the All-Star break, uh, you know, it was um, it was on from there. You know, Ned, one of the moments I think is one of the most important in your tenure here in Kansas City, you mentioned letting the guys fail. And there was a game in St. Louis in the early days where you let Alcides Escobar like bat late in the game and people were mad. Why would you let him bat there? Don't pin, you got to pinch hit for him. Well, it kind of paid off because Eski turned into a really good player. How big was that moment to allow Eski to, to, to hit in that moment to show not only that, that I believe in you, but to give that guy the opportunity in a game that there really wasn't a lot of pressure on back then? Well, you're right, Bob. And you know what? It, there, there's all kinds of cases. There's Mike Moustakas 
you know, hitting 160. You know, everybody wanted to know, why are we playing Moustakas hitting 160? Uh, you know, guys are struggling. Luke Hochaver was struggling. You know, why are you giving these guys opportunity? And, you know, I knew going into this that my goal was to win a world championship. I had seen Kansas City in its heyday when I was a player for the Brewers in the George Brett area in the early 80s and how special that city was. And I knew how much fun it would be when we got to a point where we could compete for a championship. And that was the only thing on my mind from the minute I took that job to the minute uh, you know I quit was either we were building a championship or we're trying to win a championship. So. You know, for me, I wanted to give these guys every opportunity to experience every bit of failure that they could so that when they got to that point where they could compete for a championship, they'd have all that knowledge, all that experience under their belt. And for me, I could care less, and people have a hard time understanding, but I could care less to win a game if it's going to give us 78, 79 wins, even if it's 81 wins. If we can't compete for the playoffs with 81 wins, I didn't care. And so I was trying to stay focused on doing whatever it would take to put us in a position to win a championship. So if I had belief in you as a player, then I was going to give you every opportunity to fail. I was going to give you every opportunity to continue to work through it and grow and gain experience to become that caliber of a player. And, of course, we all saw the way Alcides Escobar uh, ended up, a mm-hmm. tremendous player, So, and Moose and everybody. You just give them the opportunity to be themselves and let them have time to do it. And if you have enough talent, you're going to win. If you don't have enough talent, you're not going to win. But we had enough talent. Ned Yost, former Royals manager, now newest member of the uh, Royals Hall of Fame, joining us here on 610 Sports Radio. Game 7 of 14 could have been it, right? You you put everything oh, yeah. in to get there. Why did this team, why was this team able to to turn the corner and 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 essentially run it back and then win it in 15? Well, they, you know, they had a chip on their shoulder big time from the minute they got there. They knew how close they came. And um for me, you know, I it, it was just it was just you came that close. You could feel it. You could you're an arm's length away, and then all of a sudden it's gone. I mean, somebody else took it, and you don't get to celebrate that that special moment. And yeah, it was great that we you know went to the World Series, we won the American League Championship, but nobody felt like they accomplished much at that time. I mean, it was fun. It was good. But we wanted that world championship. And, you know, it was funny, the difference, just to show you the difference between winning the American League championship and winning the World Series was after we lost game seven, uh, a day or two later, we had a rally at the stadium and there might have been 12,000 people there. So, uh, you know, here we are just fresh off of game seven, won the American League championship, hadn't been to playoffs in years. And we had like 12,000 people there. Mm-hmm. The next year we won the World Series, and what do we have, 850,000 people? Yeah. So there's a huge difference between winning Game 7 or winning the World Championship and not winning the World Championship. So it meant a lot. Our players knew it meant a lot. They knew they had to take that final step, and they were hungry for it. And, and, and that parade is kind of set the tone for where we are now in this town, Ned. We, we had that Royals parade, and then the Chiefs have now had two parades, and people in that organization said they looked to you for, I, I don't want to say inspiration, but they looked at you and they go, all right, it's time for us now to, to kick this thing into gear and to you know do a parade in red like they had in blue. Do you realize like you guys winning were kind of the inspiration to get the Chiefs to where they are right now too? Well, that and a great draft in Patrick Mahomes and a great hire in Andy Reid. Yeah. You know, I think that has a little bit to do with it. <laughs> uh, you know, Travis Kelsey and that great talent that they have there. But, you know, it's a, it's a sports town. Kansas City is uh, it, it's such a wonderful, wonderful town. And every time I see the KC logo, either being the Chiefs or, you know, the Royals, it warms my heart because it's such a special place. There's such a unique group of fans that – they, they continue to back their team. They continue to weather the storm. And when they win, they celebrate and they enjoy it and they appreciate it. And, uh, you know, that's what makes Kansas City so special. And, 
you know, I think that, uh, you know, kind of watching from afar a little bit, I think the Royals are back uh, in a position where we were kind of like at the end of 12, where we're going to, where they're going to start to take off a little bit. They've amassed that talent through great drafts and they've, you know, developed it at the major league, at the minor league level. Now they've got to develop it at the major league level. Uh, but I look for, you know, them to take a, a, a stride forward this year. So it's going to be a fun year. It's going to be interesting to watch and see how that plays out. Yeah, I, I think it, it, it can be a fun year with, with a lot of young talent and not having to have those expectations. You know, one of the things that you mentioned is like you, you were going to let those guys go out there and fail. You didn't care about 78, 81 wins or anything like that. A lot of the guys, you know, over the last couple of years said there was so much pressure on them that every game mattered and they had to win every single game. They didn't get that opportunity. When did you feel comfortable as a manager that you could allow guys to go out there and fail and not have to worry about winning a certain amount of games? Well, I knew that, you know, I knew that was my job. I knew it. I felt like that. You know, I watched Bobby Cox. Um, when we were in Atlanta, when they brought up that core group of guys in, uh, you know, the early 90s, 1990, 1989, uh, and watched them fail and watch Bobby as the GM and finally take over in 90, give them the opportunity to grow and develop as major league players. So, you know, I had that in mind. We did it in Milwaukee. I always, you know, I always caught a lot of heat for that. Nobody understood uh, what I was trying to accomplish. And, you know, you have to be realistic, and that's the problem at, at times. You have to be realistic with your expectations because if you don't have talent, you're not going to win. And I don't care who you are, but the fans want you to win. They expect you to win. But if you don't have talent, you're beating your head against the wall. So I knew that we had talent. I knew that we had to wait for it to get there, and then once it got there, we had to develop it. And even I had conversations with Mr. Glass, right, when I first took over, you know, the manager's job in Kansas City, and they were frank conversations. And he was very upset with the way we were playing, and I just told him, look, this is the way it's going to be for a while. That These guys have to grow. They have to learn. We've got to wait and get these kids you know, to the big leagues, these Masakases and these Perezes that you're hearing about and all these uh, uh, Hosmers and all these young kids that you keep hearing about, uh, we got to allow them time to get to the big leagues. So, you know, people didn't understand that. They think that you show up every day and if you don't win, you're not trying. And that wasn't the case. And my whole focus was to bring a championship. So, yeah, I knew I had to take the heat. I knew what I was doing was right. And, uh, you know, I just I had to I had to do it. And even though people didn't understand it and a lot of people don't understand it today. I mean, we, there are still some fans, very few that think I'm the biggest buffoon in the Royals history, you know, but they never understood what we were trying to accomplish. It also takes, Ned, the, the, the people around you and, and the Mr. Glasses of the world to stay patient. Sports is not a very patient sphere right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not. And but it was constant with Mr. Glass, you know. Mr. Glass would come into my office and and he, Mr. Glass was a, as big a competitor as both Dayton and I and, and we were huge competitors. But Mr. Glass could not figure out why we couldn't win 162 games in a year. He just wanted to know why we couldn't. Mm -hmm. And it was like always trying to explain to him it's not realistic. Your goals aren't realistic. Well, why not? I want to know why not. But it was always constant. Mr. Glass would come in, and he'd be a little edgy. You'd sit him on, sit him on the couch, and you explain to him exactly what we're doing, exactly where we are, and how these kids are coming along. And by the time he left, he was always smiling. So when people ask me what was the greatest thrill in your career, uh, it, you know, as a Kansas City Royals manager, is watching Mr. Glass get that World Series championship. That was probably the greatest time in my career there, to watch him get that trophy from the commissioner the night we won the world championship because he hung in there with us. He gave us every opportunity. We tried to explain to him what we were doing. He backed us, even though at times he was very uncomfortable doing it, and it paid off big time for him. 610 Sports Radio, KCSP, Kansas City, WDF, HD2, Liberty, and Odyssey Station. Be besides winning that championship, what's your favorite story you love to tell about managing the Royals? Um, you know, I don't, I, there are just so many of them. 
I just I just have uh, many of them. I just don't I I don't have one particular story. I don't think um, you know more than than anything, which is kind of funny. Uh, you know when this was all starting. You know I go back to Zach wanting to be traded, mm-hmm. and I kept trying to tell Zach. Uh, look, Zach, we're going to be good. We got these young kids coming. And Zach said, man, I don't believe it. I've heard it too many times before. You know, they they end up getting to a point and then they trade players. He said, I want to go to a place that's going to win. And I'm like, Zach, we're going to win. We're going to win. Well, I don't believe it. I've heard it too many times before. So we ended up, he wanted to be traded. We ended up trading to Milwaukee, which was a big piece for us. You know, it was a big, we got Kane and we got Escobar and we got Jake Odorizzi and Jeremy Jeffers. You know, for Zach. So that, that was a huge, a huge trade for us to get a center fielder and an elite shortstop uh, in, in that deal. But what was funny about it, after we won, I saw Zach at the Gold Glove banquet in New York. And you know how Zach's very shy and, and very reserved. And I walked up to Zach and I said, hey, Zach. And he goes, hey, Ned, how you doing? I said, good. I said, you're going to tell me. And I said, he said, I'm going to tell you what. I said, you're going to tell me you were wrong. You said we couldn't win, and we won. You're going to tell me you were wrong. And Zach looked at me and got that little smile on his face. He said, I was wrong. Yeah. So that was that 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 was a cool part. But there was every day was fun in that clubhouse. From even when we were struggling because the kids were trying so hard and they were working so hard to become successful and become championship caliber players. It was fun to be around a group like that. You, you, Do you find you, it ironic that Zach Greinke is now back here and seemingly, I mean, he really wanted to come back here. Yeah, of course. I mean, this is an organization that has been built on uh, not only, you, you know, the highlight of 14 and 15 championship caliber team, but, you know, we're a good organization. We're an organization um, that is known for our integrity and our communication and um, uh, you, you know our ability to treat people right, to try to develop players not only as players but as uh, you know good fathers, good sons, good teammates, and it's a fun organization to be around because there's always been open communication. There's always been uh, you know great character on the team. So yeah, it doesn't surprise me, Zach wanted to come back and for me I just think that it's a tremendous trade off to have Zach and his experience there especially now with that group of young starting pitchers I think he's going to be a tremendous influence on them and uh, I, I just think that it's a great match for both both Zach and the Royals you know Ned one of the great stories we, we got out of Danny Duffy during COVID we interviewed a lot of the guys from the 2015 team it was five years after you won it was COVID nothing's going on everybody's like yeah let's do let's do interviews and Duffy told us that in game four in Houston when when you guys were making the comeback he never saw any of it because they locked him in the bathroom in the bullpen did you know that yeah yeah I, I heard that story there's a you have there's so many there there's so much stuff that that's people would enjoy if they actually knew it um you know but yeah i knew danny didn't see much of it because you know you get little players get a little superstitious at times and they uh you know they they do things that uh in the end are are pretty funny to to come back and listen to no doubt so when you come back to kansas city you're not gonna have to go by frank at starbucks anymore No, I'm kind of laid off to start. Well, my wife and I are having Starbucks now because we're driving back to Georgia. But, yeah, yeah, I don't think so. I was just so pleased to hear you say that you got the call while uh, toiling out on the farm. So what's the latest on the farm? Uh, everything's going good. You know, it's uh, it's we're getting into the, the spring, which is kind of nice. The winter, once you get into, like, the 1st of November, everything shuts down for deer hunting. All the grasses doesn't need to be cut anymore so you know all the 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 nine to five work is done so you're just focusing on deer hunting really and then when deer season ends you're focusing on putting everything in the freezer and and helping people uh you know get their quotas and now we're i'm going on to year four of a five-year plan for my garden 
I'm trying to perfect my gardening skills, and I'm in year four, so I'm making progress there. And we're in the process of spraying fields and clipping fields and getting, uh, you know, the clover fields and the chicory fields ready to, uh, you know, to continue to spray and continue to work on them. And we're working along the creek. We cut timber last year, so we're cleaning up some of the loading decks and uh, cleaning up some of the privet hedge along the creek because it gets so thick in there you can't hardly uh, can't hardly walk. And when the grandkids come, we're looking for arrowheads and in the creeks and in the fields and mushrooms and looking for sheds and a lot, lot going on at the farm this time of year. Ned, before we let you go, my friend Gene Watson wanted me to have you tell the story about you taking him down there hunting and then basically having to put him uh, uh, away because he was shooting at the wrong animals. Yeah, Gene doesn't, Gene's not a hunter. Gene doesn't, Gene doesn't understand. And I told him at that time, you know, you could, you could, Shoot all the does you want right now, right? We're trying to grow the bucks, and if you see a buck that's four and a half or five and a half years old, you can shoot it. But, Gene, I don't trust you. You wouldn't know the difference between a buck and a bunny rabbit. So just make sure you see that the deer has no horns, and then you can shoot it. So Gene said, all right, all right. So he does this little sneaky video that somebody sends me. He goes, Dad says I can't shoot anything with horns. Well, I'm not listening to that. I'm going to shoot a buck if it comes by, right? Well, he was just joking. Well, the first deer that came by, he swore it didn't have any horns, and when we walked up to it, it was a spike. So it did have horns. So I said, that's it, buddy. You're done. you gotta, you got to sit, and you've got to be able to be the camp cook or whatever. So, uh, you know, we, we, we're going to have Gene back out. His, he, he was sentenced to a five-year banishment, but now we'll uh, – that time's up, so we'll we'll have him back out here one of these days. And I'm sure he would love to do that. We appreciate you coming on. It's so good to hear your voice. You're going into the Hall of Fame. Congrats. Tell Deb we send our love and have a safe drive back to Georgia. I appreciate it, guys. I'll see you soon. All right, take care. Ned Yost, Royals Hall of Famer, with us here on 610 Sports Radio. I could do I I could do another hour and a half, two hours with Ned just telling stories, man. It's so good. It's just so good. Yeah, I got the call. I, I'm I was smiling and getting emotional out, again. I was like, like oh. cutting brush when they when they made, made the call. Of course you were. Yeah. Like, of course you were. Course. Like, where else did I think he was going yeah. to be? I mean, I was out here, like, the phone rings. I'm like, Kurt, I don't have time Kurt for this. on the phone. Yeah. Probably wants another piece of memorabilia that I have stored somewhere that he right. needs, to, needs to bring for the Hall of Fame exhibit. And I answered the phone. And I'm like, yes, Kurt, what do you want? What do you need now? Yeah. Sure. I've got some sneakers you I've can got, put in the display yeah. case. Yeah. I've, got, I've got the uh, the, the seed the seed guy in the other line. What do you need? <laughs> yeah, very good. Got this cribbage I need to take care of yeah. by the front, man. Yeah. Got yeah. to clear this out. Yeah, that it's was so that was fantastic, man. I, so I absolutely love the patient that. again. The patience that it took really is what strikes me. And you heard him say, like <laughs> David Glass wanted 162 wins every year. Yeah, it's just not realistic. We're not very patient in sports. I get it. We all aren't. Right. We want more, you more, more. You have to be in baseball. And, you just do. And, and baseball it requires more than I more than I have. Oh, <laughs> you've far. got none. I've got by, none. By, right? yeah. by far. So to have, you know, somebody stay the course mm-hmm. and really have, you know, Ned in in a managerial role, that's a that's a tenuous position, right? Sure. To get the 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 real talk to the to the up up above and say sit down mr glass let me tell you how it's going to be that's I mean, and that's, then have the upper boss stones. listen to you you yeah, know yeah yeah and then have them listen to you but you could just hear right there the difference between ned and mike matheny and why ned was successful and why mike matheny was not successful here when you are putting the pressure on these guys that they have to win every single day the current group of players that was that was the belief that they were and and Vern's talked about it, and it's been documented now that like they were felt under the pressure. They got to win, 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 win every single game, every single game, every single game. And the grind got you. Yeah, yeah. And I know I'm sure I'm sure the fans saying, "Well, yeah, that's what we're supposed to do." But the realistic approach is not that. It's not that when you're not ready to win. It doesn't matter if you win 78 games or 81 games. Like he said, he didn't care. It was about letting his whole thing was I need to let these guys fail because you can learn from successes clearly, but how much do you learn when you fail? Special thank you to Ned Yost, newest member of the Royals Hall of Fame. He'll be inducted in September. 
of next season right. when the Royals will take on the uh, the Boston Red Sox in early September. He'll officially head into the Royals Hall of Fame. Uh, we'll have our roundtable brought to you by Kansas Lottery. We think that we still they got back, right? They were uh, they were in Arizona. They were at the parade. They're probably tired of seeing each other. Cody and Gold will drop by the roundtable next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.